Hello, everybody, and welcome to the You Thought Sports Podcast. My name is Lucas. Here alongside me, reading from the top left corner of my Zoom screen, is Wyatt, Aiden, Jared, and Bart. This week, we'll be discussing the news stories and sports stories. You've definitely been following the most this week, and we'll kick it off with Notre Dame versus Clemson. So, it's the week we've all been waiting for. Undefeated number one Clemson travels to South Bend to take on number four, and also undefeated Notre Dame. Will surely be games one of the games of the season. The big news this week, though, is that because of a positive COVID test, Clemson star quarterback Trevor Lawrence will not be playing this weekend. Bart, how do you think Lawrence's absence impacts this game? So there are two things. One is the actual like concrete on the field impact, and the other is the you know the implications and the meaningfulness of it. So on the field, uh, I don't know if this is a particularly hot take. I don't know that it makes a ton of a difference. DJ would be starting at probably like 95% of schools. He just Mm -hmm. happens to be Trevor Lawrence's backup. I didn't realize he was the number one quarterback uh, prospect in the 2020 class. So he's Mm -hmm. very good. Obviously, we only have one game, like one real game of sample size with him, but he looks fantastic against Boston College. You know, Mm -hmm. his numbers are great. So, like, I don't know that that's much of a step down, and Notre Dame's defense is still going to have to really, really battle. Um, But then, despite that, I don't think people care. And that's what I meant by the, the implications. I think, it, like we've said, like many people have said, it's a lose-lose for Notre Dame, like off the field. If they do lose, then it's you know it's doubly embarrassing. Like, wow, you guys lost to a backup. Don't mind the fact that he's like a fantastic backup. And if they do win, it, it's just going to be written off as well. You only won because Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing. And so I, I think looking forward to like uh, college football playoff implications. I think either way, Notre Dame doesn't really benefit from winning here, and they're going to need to win again, presumably against Clemson in the ACC championship. And so this game, like, yeah, it, it's a lose-lose. So it's it's unfortunate, but I think that's that's where they yeah. stand. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's the frustrating part for me is that it, I feel like people always want an excuse to, like, tear down anything Notre Dame does, which is good. And yeah. when I think, like you said, Bart, I don't think it's that big of a downgrade from Trevor Lawrence to DJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lawrence is unquestionably, like, the best quarterback in college football, but DJ's insane. Like, you mentioned his numbers, 30 for 41, 342, two touchdowns, zero picks, in his first ever college game against, like, an over 500 Boston college team is insane. So I think in terms of, like, quality of play, I don't think it's a huge step down. And, like, but just because it has, like, oh, he's the backup and he's playing, yeah, people use that to tear Notre Dame down, which is really frustrating because, I don't know, like, injuries happen every year. Like, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, guys don't play. And that's sometimes considered in the wins or losses, but I feel like not as much as COVID because COVID just seems different and, like, avoidable yeah. a little bit more than yeah. those things. Yeah. And yeah. because of that, I think it'll be used to criticize Notre Dame's win, even if they take yeah. it against Clemson. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that it will be used to criticize the win. I just don't think this game matters as much as, like... Like, in any case, I don't think it matters as much as we think it does. I think that whatever happens in this game, whoever wins the ACC championship game, which presumably at this point will be between ND and Clemson, which maybe is a big assumption, but it really does seem like it'll be that way. Whoever wins that game is going to be the one who gets in. And I guess there's the possibility that if um, the loser of this game or the the winner of this game loses in the ACC championship game, like they could possibly have two ACC teams in the in the final mm-hmm. four, but I I don't really see that happening, and I don't think that would happen to Notre Dame in any case. It would it could happen if if Clemson 
um, loses the ACC championship and wins this uh, this Saturday. But I just, yeah, I'm less worried about it because I don't think the outcome of this game actually matters that much given that we have kind of an inevitable rematch coming up. Yeah, I actually think Notre Dame would not be out if they won this game and lost the ACC. Mm. Because I think if the Pac-12 if the Pac-12 doesn't get an undefeated champion, yeah. I think Notre Dame potentially could jump them, like could get in over them. Mm-hmm. Big 12, I think, might have a two-loss champion if Oklahoma State mm-hmm. loses yeah. again, especially. Because yeah. uh, they're playing Oklahoma, I think, this week. Um, and the SEC, well, if Bama runs the table, it'll mm-hmm. just be them. and like Because Georgia will have two mm-hmm. losses, whoever they play in the yeah. East for the champion. So I'm not counting them out. Yeah. I actually... I think they're the Notre Dame haters, you know, they definitely will invalidate the win. But when you think about it, think back to the 2017 season when we played George, when Notre Dame played Georgia at home. Mm-hmm. We were playing technically against the backup and Jake Fromm. That was his first start. <laughs> and nobody held that against us at the end of the year. So we'll see, you know. I do think the haters for sure will just be like, oh, yeah, you know, you didn't, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Um, Clemson also has like three defensive starters out for this game, too. So yeah. there's, they're like shorthanded in some other ways. Um, so we'll see. And I think the odds are still uh, in yeah. Clemson's favor, like mm-hmm. gambling odds. So. They're still a seven-point <laughs> favorite, I think. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're a good a team. Fantastic I, no, team. No, I don't think so. I, yeah, I'm going to disagree <laughs> with you on that. <laughs> no, yeah, I was just going to say, Jared, I, I agree. I think the most important thing if they do lose in the ACC championship game is to keep it close. If it's a yeah. blowout, yeah, I think that's that automatically that's disqualifies fair. them, even if they win mm-hmm. uh, this week. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, especially when like the comparison data point is like Trevor Lawrence versus not Trevor Lawrence. Like, I think yeah. it's especially bad yeah. if like right. you can't be Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, or the, you can be yeah. not Trevor Lawrence but can't be Trevor yeah. Lawrence. That I mean, Trevor Lawrence works though a lot is yeah. he's yeah. the best quarterback in college football right now. I think that there is there has to be a little bit of weight to it when it comes to like whether <laughs> yeah. or not you. I mean, Notre Dame can only play who's in front of them. I'm not going to discredit them for a loss. <laughs> it's still a really tough Clemson team, and I don't think they should hurt them negatively. Like they shouldn't drop out of the top four for beating Clemson just because well, of Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing. No, obviously <laughs> not. But like, <laughs> but like, they're, like, they're, like, there's no way like they shouldn't get jumped or anything like that. But I don't think it secures their spot in the top four. Um, I think that they would have to prove it in a game against Trevor Lawrence in the ACC for me or the ACC championship for me to crown them as like this top flight program or like the best team in the ACC. I he's a he's the best quarterback in college football and they're, they're obviously better with him there without him. So when you lose yeah. a quarterback to injury or to COVID or whatever, it's going to be a disadvantage. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think now at this point, because of without Trevor Lawrence, Notre Dame is almost, I know that Clemson is good. Like they expect Clemson to win because they're the number one ranked team. But I think Notre Dame being a good program are the team that are supposed to win this game and do what good programs mm-hmm. do. And if they can't win against Clemson now, I don't think that they probably ever will. Okay. I'm gonna Ever? pull the room. Yeah, <laughs> what? yeah. What I think is, it's a, yeah. it would be a huge flop on Brian Kelly's uh, legacy, and then as Notre Dame overall to not to not win this game. Mm. I know you're saying it doesn't matter to me. This is a big deal. They have to be Clemson. Yeah. They can't lose to a backup. I, I don't know about they can't lose yeah, to a backup, I but I think that. it will be important for like recruiting if they see yeah. like oh Notre yeah. Dame just uh, took down like the one seed. Yeah. I think that that stuff like will help with image and recruiting for sure, so that people mm-hmm. are like Notre Dame's back, you know, and all that. Yeah. Well, getting into that, do you think Notre Dame is officially back if they no. win this game? Yeah. In the yes. Way Hold on. This no. Notre. Sorry, no. Notre Dame haters. Notre Dame has been back for many years. They've been contenders <laughs> no, for the college football play- playoff <laughs> no, deep into the season most years you're, since 2015. You're wrong. <laughs> Consistently a top 15, 15 team. They won double digit games in four of their last five seasons. Michigan's a top 15 team. They're back. Yeah, no, no, it's not. So the issue is that, like, 
you're you're setting too low of expectations for what Notre Dame being back means. <laughs> yeah, like, I, apparently. It, Yes, well, because when you think about Notre Dame football, what you think about like the glory of Notre Dame football is winning national championships. How many national championships have they won? They won't be back until they're back to doing what they were doing. We weren't in like 1970 saying, "Wow, Notre Dame, that elite football program who wins ten games every year and that gets smacked <laughs> in the Fiesta Bowl." Like that's not what like defined Notre Dame as an elite program. What defined Notre Dame as an elite program was that they won national championships. So they're not back until they win a national championship, and anything else is just making yourself feel good about supporting a bad team. They're not a bad team. Come on. Okay. That's not, it, that's uh, some, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe underachieving. Okay. Bad is a little bit excessive, but I think that like I think Notre Dame is a good, solid top fifteen team. They are not an elite program, and they won't be an elite program until they win a national title. Okay. This or is at least my, be, this is my question, they have to at least then. be in a national title. I would say. Yeah. That too. This is well. So they were back in twenty twelve. Then anyway, this is my question. Okay. Eight what, years. Jared, what are the, yeah, <laughs> what, what are you talk about elite programs. Like, how many elite yeah. programs are there? Like, what are yeah? Elite? Who do you put if you're saying Notre Dame's top fifteen? Like, who is who are the other fourteen slash? Like, I, I think it's okay. Maybe it's, top ten. I put top ten. Is top like, fifteen the barometer for elite? Like, yeah. I thought top no, that, that's top like fifteen out of like a hundred yeah. yeah, like something schools three. is pretty. Yeah. Cool. I think yeah, elite yeah. means you're competing for a championship yeah, every so like year three. and. You have a tangible shot of winning a championship every so year. So Clemson and Bama doesn't. and Ohio Clemson, State. Clemson, Bama, Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah, maybe Oklahoma. No, you no, think, Lucas, no. you think they're the most consistently overrated team in college I football? do, but <laughs> at least they like make it there, you know? Like, if we play in the Big 12, if we, play in the Big 12 we would make it every year. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> anyway. But. Well, but... You know, like, I think, I guess elite, really, yeah, it boils down to, like, three teams by that definition. It's, like, Bama, yeah. Clemson, Ohio State. Georgia has off years. Auburn has off years. But they also have years when they're competing for the championship. I think you know Georgia's I mean? slightly a slightly more elite program than Notre Dame. I don't know. I think that's fair. Elite, yeah, I think but that's like, fair. Yeah. They do play yeah. in the SEC. I'll give them that. I'll yeah. give them the, the <laughs> some, cut them some slack there for playing in the SEC, for sure. But Texas A&M? I mean, no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> absolutely Did not. Did someone say Mississippi State? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I heard it. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, things that'll never live down. <laughs> but I don't know. I think one of the things that's behind like Notre Dame not, not being back is that they really like, can't win big games against mm. teams that are better than them. Mm. What do we think's behind that? Like, why have they consistently come up short in like the games that matter? It's offense. It always comes down to our offense. They so never we seem to get Brian the run Kelly. game going. <laughs> like the georgia game last year we were we had a first and goal on our first touchdown drive we had a first and goal we passed four times to try to get mm-hmm. it in like we just we feel like we can't run against like these dominant teams but we always tout our offensive line i don't know if it's we like feel like we can do it or if we actually just can't do it i don't know i think our we'll defense see. usually holds their own in tough games though i think clemson game they didn't do well but the like georgia game yeah, both, georgia both times we played them <laughs> It, we'll see. I agree. It's always their offense, and I feel like even if like if Clemson, if their Clemson's defense starters are being out or not, is on coming up this Saturday, I think it'd be really tough for Notre Dame to like, kind of get cooking at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they have to like rely on the run game this weekend because, like yes. you said, Jared, like they always tout this like great offensive line and then never use it. <clears throat> always, and, yeah. Like, yeah. This is that. This is where you show it and use yeah. it because like they're mm-hmm. the running game is clearly the strength of that yes. offense, not the mm-hmm. passing game. So I hope Tom Reese, you know, takes it into <laughs> consideration to yeah. like run the ball. But, yeah. but I mean, yeah, even nice. if they can't run it, a team that can't run the ball can still play like the screen game, the short pass game, yeah. get it in the hands of their running backs, stuff like that. 
get their linebackers or excuse me their linemen downfield. It just it'd be really weird that you don't utilize the best line in football because I think a lot of people yeah. would kill for the best line in football. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. I mean, and uh, I mean, like if this was like the uh, what 2018 Ian Book, I'd be like, mm-hmm. dude, our offense is our offense is ready to go. But th- this year, like 2020 Ian Book is unfortunately not been as impressive as I would like to. Yeah. You know, he doesn't inspire as much confidence as I would yeah. like going into a game like this. Yeah, but on the other hand, our running game probably inspires more. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the question is, are we going to see the Clemson defense that, like, low-key struggled against Boston College? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Syracuse. <laughs> it's been two weeks in a row, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good point. Maybe there's a fatal flaw in that defense that's been exposed. We'll and see. Brian Kelly, as a top three coach, will find it. We'll find <laughs> exactly. it. He's, exactly. He's number one. If he wins this game, he's number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jared. Uh, yeah. Just, I'm just, one last closing thought. I, I feel like we have to talk about the weird COVID rules that, that Trevor Lawrence is living yeah. in because yeah. he's not able to play. They said that he can't play in the game, but he's going to yeah. be standing on the sidelines <laughs> to to support his team. And then Nick Saban was in a similar situation. Like they could say it was false positive or false negatives or not or whatever it was. Um, but he like took three, he like three negative tests on like Thursday, Friday and Saturday morning, like helicoptered and parachuted into the game. Like they, they did whatever <laughs> it took to get, Nick Saban into the game. It just seems weird that like Trevor Lawrence is like, oh, I have to miss two full weeks, but I'll be yeah. able to like sit around. Like I can't play, but I can still be with the yeah. team. Yeah, yo, we yeah. found it out that Nick Saban. Sense. Yeah, we found out that Nick Saban had COVID on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Yeah. Literally, like the next day, they were like, oh, he's gonna be coaching like Saturday. So yeah, I guess depends on the conference. Yeah, they were busting yeah. out all the stops to get Nick Saban in, and Trevor Lawrence <laughs> not being able to play in a top play game too. I feel like. Even like the NCAA has to be like, oh maybe we can, you know, make it work. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. To me. Wait, wait, yeah. yeah, at all. Well. Okay, well let's pivot on over to a big rival of Notre Dame's, Michigan. Uh, as we know, after a resounding win in their opening game against Minnesota, there were a lot of people, <laughs> Jared, who were all aboard the hype train leaving Ann Arbor this weekend. <laughs> of course, things came crashing back down as Michigan lost 27-24 to their in-state rivals, Michigan State, which drops Jim Harbaugh to 3-8 and in rivalry games against Ohio State and Michigan State, and he's 1-6 in those games at home. Oh, goodness. Jared. <clears throat> Let me turn it to you. What went wrong for Michigan this weekend? First off, I really like the characterization of all aboard the hype train leaving Ann Arbor. I like that line. Uh, Well done, Lucas. Thank you. I wrote um, it. (laughs) Uh, Basically, when they needed the secondary most, they got torched by the Spartan receivers. They, I can think of at least like six plays off the top of my head where the receiver just got like was just behind the, the secondary, just wide open. And Michigan, the quarterback wasn't even that efficient. Lombardi, he had a bunch of chunk plays. He was 17 for 32. So they were kind of like a bend-don't-break defense, and then they would give up a big play. There was a lot of drives that ended in field goals, but basically their, their secondary kind of let them down. And it seemed like also Michigan's quarterback, Joe Milton, he just he just like ran too much when he had open receivers downfield. Uh, so, I mean, this is and this is the play of the game. Like, MS, Michigan State converts on a, a fourth and two on a quarterback sneak. Like, and your defense can't stop that, you know, to win the game. That's That's not good. They just couldn't convert. They gave up too many yards. Yeah. I also think the offense was, like, characteristically un-Michigan, too. Like, I feel like I'm used to them. Mm. And maybe they're trying to modernize their game a little bit, too. But yeah, they definitely they're, like, the classic, like, ground and pound. But 
you know, Joe Milton threw the ball 51 times, which, I don't know, he's not like a catastrophically bad quarterback or anything, but they're working him into the system. They recruited that team to not be like the high-flying offense um, that they tried to put on. And I think, like like you said, the defense was awful. But also, like I think there's like just some like growing pains, too, with the fit of the like their players into the offensive system they're trying to run mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's not looking good i think <clears throat> it's kind of like a it's kind of like a doc Rivers situation by the way john uh jim harbaugh i think there's like a lot of similarities where everybody was like oh he's this great coach he took the 49ers to like what at least two uh nsc championships in a row i think maybe three he was like really good and he was like oh stanford he's great at stanford he's all these like tough recruits and stuff like that and now he's at Michigan. It's like, oh, he's good at like in these ten win seasons, and then, you know, then what? What is there to show for it? Where it seems like Michigan will never part ways with him, but that like Harbaugh, it's just like, what do you do with Harbaugh? I don't know. It's 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 kind of like the Harbaugh Brian Kelly debate too. I'd be curious to hear what people think about that. Well, I think the thing about the Michigan, we I think we've, we've talked about this before. Michigan winning ten games and getting like a good bowl game is good mm-hmm. enough for them, I think. Or being in, like, the Big Ten Championship and getting their butts kicked by somebody, whoever, <laughs> Ohio State. I mean, they don't even get in the, the Big time, Ten Penn Championship. State. But, like, <laughs> you know, they, it has to be good enough because uh, Jim Harbaugh has been there long enough to get the recruits that he wants, to mm-hmm. develop the players that they have, and to run the offense, and then to do things like win these big games against Michigan yeah. State and Ohio State. And he hasn't he has not really – or obviously, he has not delivered on that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, but – He's still around, and I think a 10-win season is just good enough. They got number four a couple of years ago in the college football rankings, and they were up there at some point. Like, I think yeah. that they they just they're okay. And the weird thing about Jim Harbaugh is, like you said, like he was this highly touted coach and all that stuff, and he's this quarterback, and he's like this big Michigan guy. But their quarterback play has been subpar ever since he got there. He has just yeah. has not been like this program has not developed any players of note, like of note at all. Mm-hmm. to kind of write home about. And that's a huge downfall with what Jim Harbaugh, uh, his tenure at Michigan so far. Yeah. 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 I mean, even I just like winning 10 games is cool. He he just, these players aren't developing. They, there's no high quarterback recruit. They're not building this quarterback up. Hey, Shane I mean, Patterson, he's doing some mm-hmm. spring, what he's doing, it's like spring training baseball, right? Hey. <laughs> Minor league <laughs> baseball now? That's what it is. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. sorry, why? Yeah, yeah. Or Aiden. Unbelievable. Yeah. Go ahead, Aiden. Yeah, but I, like, I'm not even sure if they're a 10-win team this year or, like, again, we're, we're two games in. We don't really know, but it's not like, but it's not like, yeah, true. I guess they, yeah. They're not <laughs> yeah. Get the to the equivalent wins. of a 10-win yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they play it, like, Michigan State, like, lost their first game to Rutgers, who's, like, the Big Ten stomping ground. And Michigan, it's not like <laughs> Michigan State's been that great in recent years, right? Yeah. Like they haven't no. been kind of the, the power that they kind of used to be. So mm-hmm. like we're kind of dealing with an unknown at this point with like they beat Minnesota, obviously, in game one. That looked good. But Minnesota isn't looking good either. The whole like the Big yeah. Ten as a whole has just looked pretty weak besides Ohio State. I yeah. mean, like who else is like doesn't have a loss at this point? I'm pretty sure it's just them and like Wisconsin and maybe a few other stragglers. IU. But, yeah, yeah. IU. <laughs> but like Penn <laughs> State University. went down, and Iowa went, Iowa went down, and Michigan went down. And like we're only two games in, and like the the conference isn't looking super strong. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder too how like 
how long they can be comfortable with like these 10 win seasons yeah. because I do think that's where they are as a team and a program but he has no tangible or moral accomplishments like <laughs> moral uh, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I meant to say <laughs> moral victories no party. tangible accomplishments yeah. <laughs> or moral victories like it's like no tangible accomplishments in the sense that like they've never made the playoffs they have no big 10 titles and then like there are no moral victories in that like they play awful against their rivals so they, they can't even like salvage those like fun like moral victories of like oh we beat Ohio State but we were bad or oh we beat Michigan State but we were bad or oh we yeah. beat Notre Dame and yeah. we're bad because if you throw in Notre yeah. Dame like their record doesn't improve. Yeah. They're one and one against Notre Dame under Harbaugh. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And that's the well, thing that. Go ahead, Bart. Oh, I was just, I was just gonna say, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but his contract does expire after next season, right? Yeah. So right. It's, yeah. it's like they only have to put up with it. I think, we, yeah, we've talked about this before. Like, who, who's better? Who can they replace? Yeah. Who would be better? But yeah. it's still, I think they should. Ten win seasons are they just get tiring after a while? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you, like, the question is, do you, do you really think <laughs> Michigan can't compete with Ohio State, like, provided with the right coach? I mean, their recruiting is, like, still up there as, until he runs into the ground. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, before COVID, Harbaugh and Michigan were reportedly negotiating an extension. So it, it seems like the seat is not warm at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. What? But, I, I would probably move on if I, if I were Michigan once his contract expires. Like, try to get, yeah. like, a mutually agreed to part ways kind of thing. That's, probably, well, that's what I would do. Convince him to retire or something, you know? Can't, it just doesn't look as <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Let's move on to the, uh, as Bart calls it, real football. This past weekend, the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers extended their undefeated start to the season by beating the divisional rival, the Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens. The Steelers remain the only undefeated team in the NFL and have been racking up impressive wins. Aiden, yeah. is it fair to consider the Steelers the front runners to win the Super Bowl this year? Um, I don't think front runners. Uh, well, the well, the Chiefs are still here, but but yeah, the like I, I believe we discussed this like a couple weeks ago, and the the biggest knock on the Steelers at that point was that they had played like a somewhat cupcake ish schedule, and in the last two weeks they've beaten the Titans and the Ravens, who are two of the best teams in the AFC probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they definitely they have, have some street cred at the moment, uh, and yeah, the the steel curtain is there. Uh, they they really do seem like they're at least a top three team in the NFL at the moment. Um, so I don't know if I'd put them as as front runners quite yet, um, but I would not be surprised if they end up representing the AFC come come Super Bowl time. Uh, but I still think that the Chiefs, given last year, given that they have Mahomes, it's hard to bet against them. And it's not like they've been bad this year. They've, they have a loss. Um, so... I, I would still, I still think that the Chiefs are probably the betting favorites here. Yeah, One thing I, that... I have to agree. Oh, yeah. uh, sorry, yeah. I, I have to agree. I think, yeah. I think Big Ben, while he is playing well, he has 15 touchdowns and four picks, is a limiting factor. Like he doesn't hold a candle to Mahomes. You know, if they get in a shootout, it's going to be the AFC. It's going to be the Chiefs. You know, yeah. and teams can, even though the Steelers have a good defense, teams can still put up some points on them. I think. I also think the AFC is just way tougher in general than the NFC. So that yeah, like there there could be a lot more like Steelers have a bad day and like just lose the Bills or something. Yeah. You know? Where if they were in the NFC, there there's like a bigger gap, I think, between the top teams in that conference and the bottom teams. So I think that doesn't help them. Yeah. yeah. No, I tend to agree as well. But one thing that's I don't know, impressive to me with the Steelers is 
how good an eye they seem to have for talent and just like consistently like rebuilding mm-hmm. and replenishing young yeah. talent. It feels like mm-hmm. every year, like just even thinking at the wide receiver position, it's like, yeah. oh, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and now Chase Claypool. It's like there's just like a yeah. constant stream okay. of like. I'm gonna stop you right there. Juju Smith-Schuster is not. <laughs> he's what? not worth noting as a I don't know. He's highly like, touted he's... receiver. Okay, he's not like elite, but he's like a good, good. solid he's a playmaker. level guy. He's, yeah, yeah, he, he can he, do stuff. He might be able to playmaker. He's a good number two for sure. But yeah. okay, okay, we're long gone. We're long gone from the Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown days. But you can't convince me that James Conner and Juju Smith Schuster are like the key to their offensive woes, or that they're going to go out there and win you a big game, like make a big play in the right mm-hmm. moment. And like he's like Jared said about Big Ben, is that I think that he's been playing well, but there's just there's so many limitations to this offense. Their, st- their defense is legit, and I t- truly believe in their defense, and they have the best defense in the NFL, and I feel confident in saying that. But I don't know who – I would. I feel confident in saying that. Um, but I don't know if I'm looking at that offense and going, like, you could beat the Chiefs or even, like, the Browns if the Browns are on fire at a time. I mean, if yep. they, they, it's, it's going to be tough to beat some teams. And I know it's cliche to say, like, oh, when the playoffs start, that's when people buckle in. But, I mean, it's true. <laughs> The Ravens are going to be a lot better team, hopefully a lot better team in the playoffs. The Browns are going to be in the mix. Um, the we're saying, Titans that, we're are saying be this a lot about better. the Clippers. What? Yeah. Okay, but what the, I'm saying is that the teams around outside of we're not saying that, that the Steelers are going to be better. I'm saying that everybody else is going to step it up a little bit, and mm-hmm. the Clippers didn't. And if the and if the Raven or the Steelers are just mediocre on offense, then I don't see them as a front runner. Yeah, I'm not sold on them either. Frankly, they shouldn't have even won this game against the Ravens. No, they probably <laughs> so, shouldn't. Have. They're like a couple plays away from losing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not often you get like doubly outgained and <laughs> yeah. still win. Um, Bart, I got uh, a follow-up question for you. Uh, so, if the Steelers aren't currently the front runners, we might we are we had the Chiefs out there. Who is a front runner in the a- NFC? In the NFC? Yeah. I mean. <sighs> Am I going to look silly for saying the Bucks? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. No, I'm it's, I'm on your side. I'm it's on your the side right answer. Yeah, I think the Bucks are. Yeah, they've just looked hot. They're getting hot and hot and hot and just yeah. I don't know. I mean, they do play. I think they play the Saints this week. So, yep. um, suppose the Saints win, then the Saints all of a sudden I think are a good contender as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than the Bucks, I think you got to throw the Seahawks out there. Um, yeah. As I've said before, I'm more sold on them than the Packers. Um, don't mm-hmm. sleep on the Vikes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe the Rams I, yeah. are a decent dark horse. That's who I think of why when you talk about best defenses in the league. So I think, I mean. Do yeah. you think the Rams have the best defense in the league? I think they can make a case for they it. Have a case for I think they do lead the league in yards allowed right now per game. Um, Looks, and with Sean yeah, McVay on, yeah. on, you know, calling plays, you never know. But, yeah, what do you, what do you, what do you think, Jared? I, I have to go with the Bucks. I, I think I would yeah. if I were to bet like right now I'd say Chiefs Bucks for a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seahawks are really close there too, but I mean the Bucks are fourth in the league in points scored, third in yards allowed, like and they're doing all this like, despite like a bunch of injuries to their key offensive players. Like Godwin's always hurt, OJ Howard out for the season, Fournette, Wyatt. Does, despite what you think, Fournette actually is a key part of that offense. Um, and I just don't think the NFC, like I said, is that tough outside the Packers and the Seahawks. Yeah. And the Seahawks have a terrible defense. Is like that's the 
thing only thing that scares me about yeah. them. You know? I honestly I don't see a legitimate Super Bowl contender in the NFC besides the Bucks at the moment. And I know previously Ooh. I said the Bucks weren't, but I like I don't really take any of the other teams that seriously. And I I'm doubling down on my I believe at the beginning of the season I said the Seahawks would be like eight and eight or like nine and seven. <laughs> so that, that has not come true. But they just are well, always yeah. playing these very close games that they squeak out. I'm just not yeah. convinced that they'll win. With that defense, that they'll like be able to consistently win in the playoffs. I'm not. The, not the sold. thing about the playoffs, though, and you know how I feel yeah, about this, yeah, is yeah. they're so vol- uh, or not yeah, it's volatile, but like just unpredictable. I think as long as you have Russell Wilson, yeah. I would not judge anybody who puts money on the Seahawks happening to win three games or is, yeah, three or four yeah, games. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Assuming know. they don't it's, have a buy at all, it, right? Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, they, they are they on might. track to yeah. be that buy yeah. right now. Yeah. 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 The Seahawks just win ugly, a lot of the times. I mean, they yeah. they have they have in the past. I think this year they're a lot more solid offensively. But yeah, they just they have a tendency of winning ugly, and they've been winning ugly for years. And it's hard to buy into a team that just plays like that. I I'm not gonna say the Bucks because I will die on my hill of that. I don't believe in Tom Brady and the Bucks anymore. But they look good. Uh, they're they're up there as far as contenders go, and their defense looks really solid. And they have one of the best, or some of the best, offensive weapons out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I would put my Se- the Seahawks as my front runner, and then probably I could switch or go in between the Bucks and the Packers, depending on a given week. Mm. The Packers just lost to the Bikes, so uh, <clears throat> <laughs> like you said, the the Bikes are on the come up part. Come on, they are. They're going <laughs> However many games are left, when they do. I, I feel like too that just the whole organization of the Bucks are just like they're in it to like win this year. They got Antonio Brown. What did the Packers do? Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything, yeah. you know. Yeah, apparently yeah. Will Fuller's on the trade block, and everybody thought the Packers were going to make a move for him, and, and then, then nothing the, happened. And the the Packers' unwillingness to add a receiver to that team baffles me. Every time they have a chance, mm-hmm. they could trade for one. They can make a free agent move. They could have drafted somebody in this year's draft. I think yeah. I don't remember who was available, but I know that they probably could have gotten at least Justin Jefferson. Or something like that with their with their pick. Why I don't the quarterback understand. of the future? Yeah, Jordan Love does chance? not need good receivers. What are the chances? He's elite. Come on, they'll play no wide receivers for Jordan. Yeah. Love. What are the chances that Jordan Love is their third Hall of Fame quarterback? Like they have yeah. they have to buy into what they're doing right now. Because oh, I mean, even still, like they, even if they've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, they've won what two championships in that time. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's, that's unacceptable. They have to be yeah. buying in to winning championships, yeah. and I like some of the pieces around them. I like like Lazard and Robert Tanyan as the, the tight end, but you can't just be like, oh, Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers go win me a game. Yeah, yeah. every week. Yeah, well, you can. They're but doing you it. can't. <laughs> but it's gonna. <laughs> no, ca- it kidding. always it catches up with them. It's gonna catch. Yeah, up it catches up. up. Yeah. No. No, but yeah, they might have just been exposed. Maybe the formula is literally run down their throat and then double Devonte Adams, and then that's yeah. like <laughs> you're, you're sad. Yeah, yeah like, what does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, they are playing without Aaron Jones right now, though. I'll give him, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give him a little slack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on to some more NFL. We've seen in the the past couple weeks, we've seen Justin Herbert play really well. We saw Tua debut last week, and. Uh, we've seen Joe Burrow uh, this this whole year. They've all been fairly impressive, though. I guess two is you know one weekend and barely through, but he did win. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Wyatt. Even though we've got a a bunch of different sample sizes in terms of each of these quarterbacks, 
which of them has been most impressive so far to you? Uh, I'm I'm gonna stick to my guns. What I said earlier, I think that <laughs> Joe Burrow has probably been the most impressive, and I think that I've been impressed mm-hmm. with Joe Burrow since probably about week two when he threw sixty times mm-hmm. against the Browns. Uh, <laughs> the, he show, he's shown us every week since then why he was number one overall pick. He plays with a poise and a professionalism, and he understands the game, and he 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 can pull plays um, kind of out of nowhere. But it's not like a frantic like Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield style like it's still a really well put together quarterback great thrower great touch i mean everything about joe burrow looks like he's a guy who's going to be a top flight quarterback who can win them some win them some games and i believe if they continue to use zach taylor and company if they can build a team around burrow that they'll, they'll be in the running to win that division like i think joe burrow is that good and he's probably the second i, w- I think i said it he was probably the third best quarterback i'm moving up to the second best quarterback in that division right now I really like the way that Joe Burrow's played. And I will mention Justin Herbert has played outstanding in his first yeah. couple of starts. But if I did if I had to crown one right now, it'd be Joe. Um but no, yeah, Jay Jay Herb has been a true stat ever since he came in though. I was really skeptical about him. Uh but in, in four games he's thrown three or more touchdowns and the only other player to do that was Deshaun Watson. As a rookie. Who's an M V P oh. Yeah, he's my M V P. Yeah. But, I mean, he's played just as well as, like, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees in the three showdowns that he had against them. He just, you know, he's just in a tough situation. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's like you play against some of the best quarterbacks in the league, if, you know, you're going to lose some games. He's just They have a tough, tough schedule as the Chargers. But yeah. two hasn't played enough for me to crown him. I'm going to go with Joe. Yeah. You're telling me Tua's barely 100-yard performance and like barely <laughs> over 50% completion percentage didn't blow you away? I think between the two games he's played, he's like just cracked 100 yards. I think he I think he got like 92 yards against the Rams and like nine yards against the Jets. That's okay. Something like that. So I kind of want to – go ahead, Bart. I, was, I just wanted to remind everybody that I said it was probably too early to put him out there, and, and I still feel vindicated. No, I I like really I I have a big issue with that part the the notion that like if the Dolphins are serious about winning they need to put Fitz, Fitzpatrick in it that just seems so absurd to me. Everyone was saying that about Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Tyrod Taylor's still our starter. Ask a Charger fan today who's Tyrod Taylor. They're like who? Who's Tyrod? That's an interesting first name. Like none of the Q, none of the QBs that debuted had more than one touchdown in their first game. Like no, you, I think we should calm down on like comparing Tua to. All these other quarterbacks, and none of them did well in their first game. Yeah. They all had to settle okay. in. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's I fair. might be eating, um, eating my words in a few oh. games, but yeah, I, mean, I might too. Yeah. I, I just think that like them, the fact that they're starting Tua means that they're like they're not serious about winning is stupid. I think that's completely wrong. Also, they, like the. The Dolphins have the Texans' first round right, pick this year, yeah. mm-hmm. so apparently it's be, like they want to know what they have into it. I don't know if they would seriously like if they would seriously consider you know taking another QB in the first round next year, but in what looks like could be a, a top five or at least top ten pick. Um, but it does make sense for them to kind of make sure that he's at least something in case they have the opportunity to take a Justin Fields or. Yeah, probably not a Trevor Lawrence, but it would be hard to to validate as like an organization drafting a new quarterback after starting eight weeks of just Tua. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. it would be hard to be like, we know definitively what we have in this guy, yeah, and that it's fine. not working. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot of the guys either sophomore slumps or breakouts or 
You know, mm-hmm. they like the next year and a year full year underneath an offense, especially in a year like it's a coronavirus year. I don't know if you guys have heard that, but <laughs> it's it a is. coronavirus year. Like it's hard, it's hard to, for these rookies to kind of get some, you know, uh, wind underneath their wings a little bit. And I think when I watched Tua play, he looks good. He looks like he's going through his reads. He looks really yeah. poised in the pocket. He still has great touch, which is like his big thing yeah. uh, coming out. Like this team, like he he's a good quarterback. And to say that like, oh, he's, we know what he has. Like he, he looks like he's done everything right. But to say that, they can figure out whether they need yeah. to move on or not after this year is ridiculous to me. And I agree with you, yeah. Jared, that like the notion that they aren't serious about winning games with Tua is a little, is a little ridiculous. Cause I think we mm-hmm. all knew Ryan Fitzpatrick was a bridge quarterback. Yeah. And I don't think anybody mm-hmm. believed that Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to finish the year. I right, There's no way Ryan Fitzpatrick believed he was going to finish the year or, or anything like that. And it, it, three and three is not, you're not going to win a championship with yeah. this team. So exactly. you might have, like, you got to like, about? yeah, yeah. Oh, put yeah. it out there. Yeah. And if he sinks, then, oh, well, you have two high end first round picks and you build a team around yeah. it. And mm-hmm. I, and I mean, I know all you accountants out there think that like chemistry isn't a thing, but I mean, I'm just saying like that the rest of the team, the rest of the <laughs> team, play... a point to say that <laughs> this is going to be a new, <laughs> I think this is going to be a new thing. Yeah. No, but, I, the the rest of the team I, I feel like was kind of galvanized and like played well special teams like every facet of the game they played well like let's say Tua he doesn't do as well as Justin Herbert but they rattle off like seven uh, seven wins in their last eight games or whatever I mean I I can you can attribute that I think this is happening with the Bucks and Tom Brady he just like he just galvanizes the team like plays to a higher standard and I think Tua has that like that it factor you know I, that I think like kind of gal- will galvanize the team you I think do. already though. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. like, think about it. Think about his legend, though. He came in at the halftime of the national championship game and won it through the, you mm-hmm. know, through the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, but that's yeah. college, that Jerry. That that's college. That yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Had he not gotten hurt, he probably would have been the number one overall pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. I don't know about that. It would have been close. After I Joe, mean, Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow had the greatest fall, so. but I think there would have been more debate been about close, whether though. or not it was yeah. Joe Burrow or not. I think we would have that would have been a more serious discussion. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. All right, Cash or Trash is back. After a lot of weeks of it being gone, we're going to start us off with some uh, some new Cash or Trashes that we've been cooking up for some time now. Jared, I'm going to throw it to you. We're going to talk about your favorite team, your new the team <laughs> you're on the bandwagon now. Antonio Brown just got added to the Buccaneers. Jared, Cash or Trash, Brown will finish the season with the Bucks. I'm putting seven hundred fifty thousand dollars of cash on this. Uh, we we are only. Number. <laughs> uh, he's playing for a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars salary, no guaranteed money, and we're only talking about eight more regular season games here. Yeah. We know that at least money motivates Antonio Brown, if nothing else. Uh, I think I honestly, like I said, I think Tom Brady will keep him in check. Like when he was with the Patriots for what, like ten days or whatever, there was no drama at all. He's really calm, and when he got released, he just like tweeted on Instagram or tweeted and like put on Instagram like. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Patriots. Thanks, Bill. Like for the opportunity. No, he I slandered think... Robert Kraft. Did he? He went at him. Yeah, he was like, he was. Um, what uh, was that? He was really going at. He deleted a lot of the tweets, but right after he got okay. released, like there was some time where he just he was going in on Robert Kraft and <laughs> the Patriots. I, I only remember like the him just saying like thanks for the opportunity, and I saw like the old Instagram pics of him with like Tom Brady and Bill. I don't know. I think I think money is going to motivate him to finish the season out. It's only eight games. Aiden, what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I am also going to cash it, and yeah, for for a similar reason, I like eight games is way too few to outwear your welcome, even if you're Antonio Brown, who seems <laughs> to have a, a gift for that. I know he's done it in faster, like in quicker time before, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but. He's had a, a bit of a, a rest and he's on a team that's like clearly has championship aspirations that isn't going to mm-hmm. put up with crap. I feel like he's probably going to, you know, fall in line at least for these eight games and stick by. I don't, yeah, I, I don't foresee him causing like a ton of drama per se, just because he doesn't have the, the clout at this point, I think, yeah. to, to cause that drama mm-hmm. to an extent. Um, yeah, I was going to so, say too, yeah. if I could just add one more thing, that like he's yeah. already on a team where we're the team is like, we can cut you and we'll be fine. Yeah, like we still exactly. have all these, we still have all these receivers. I know some people don't agree with that. They're like, oh, they actually really needed Antonio Brown. But I think the, I don't the think team's did, mentality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they did. Yeah. And the team's mentality is gonna be like, we'll cut you if we don't if we yeah. don't like you. We don't. Need yeah. You. So. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. Moving on, um, the NFC West has three Super Bowl contenders: Wyatt, Cash, or Trash. Honestly, if you had asked me about a week ago, I would have said cash, but <clears throat> I'm going to trash it now. Um, the third team would have been really up in the air whether or not that was the 49ers or the Rams between the two. Uh, but it's the 49ers have been galvanized by injuries, and they it continues to go on. Like they're, They lost a lot of guys to COVID, and... You know, the Rams feel like they're a really good team, but I honestly still kind of feel like they're maybe kind of still on that hit Super Bowl hangover. The Seahawks are the obvious contenders. Um, I think they're playing as hot as ever. The Cardinals are going to finish with like a top eight defense, um, but I don't think that defense or, or top eight offense, but I don't think the defense came together the way that they expected to. Um, so I would say there's one contender and two tough wins for that division. <laughs> they're a really good division. Cause I mean, compared like the worst team is four and four and the best team in the NFC East is um, two, was it? Three and five, two, two and five. Like, yeah, they're still they're they're one, they're one of the best divisions in football right now. Yeah. No, I uh, I agree with you. I'm gonna trash it as well, but I don't know if I agree with your characterization of who the leading contenders for the Super Bowl are. I think honestly, if I'm gonna go with anyone, it might be the Rams, just because for the reason Whoa. Bart mentioned earlier, I think they might have the best defense in the NFL or one of the top defenses in the NFL. Seattle, I don't know, we've talked about it before too. It's just, it's weird in that, like, I don't know how good they are, at, like, but they just have Russell Wilson who can do crazy things, and that's, like, mm-hmm. so hit or miss. And I just don't trust the Cardinals either. Like, I just don't think the defense is good enough. I don't think Kyler Murray's, you know, experienced enough in those situations. Like, he might be making that second year quarterback jump, but if I'm going to give it to anyone, I think it's the Rams. They have the experience, they have the coaching. Golf maybe not be a Super Bowl <laughs> they winning level say, quarterback, but they have like, the fact they have a, that he turned the ball over yeah. like a gajillion times last game. Yeah, I think golf, good... <laughs> and that's why I don't think they're like a leading contender for the Super Bowl. But I think of the teams there, they're the best because hmm. I think they're a quarterback short of being a Super Bowl contending team. Yeah, and so are the 49ers. But I mean, they're um, they're good. Like the the thing about having Russell Wilson, I think that's a huge factor because like one he's an MVP this year but I think having like their guys and their teams who have playmakers and a lot of teams fail to have like a guy who's going to go out and get them a tough win I mean as good as the Rams defense is defenses have flaws and they mess up and they have um, lapses and everything Um, so it's like it's 
hard. Like when when you have when you have to go and win a game and you have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Russell Wilson, yeah. I would take that over any guy that they have the Rams have on offense, and put throwing Chris Carson there. He's a really solid running back. Um, like that's a huge factor to me when I look at contenders. Is how many guys it like it factor guys do you have on your team? And the Rams, all of their it factor guys are on defense. Yeah, and sometimes you, you get caught. Like, the, the game isn't meant for defenses to win every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Next one. We talked about some rookie quarterbacks earlier. We're going to return to the topic. Jared, Justin Herbert will be a better quarterback than current Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. Okay. First off, I, th- I think this is a super unfair question. I don't even know what team Trevor Lawrence is going to play for. I'm going to go with a slight cash, though. Just because I already know what team Herbert is on. I've already seen him play NFL snaps. Uh, I don't know what team Lawrence is going to be on. I think he'll rise above pretty much any situation he'll be on. But just I just have to go with Herbert for now since I've already seen what he can do. And I liked him in college. So, I mean, like I wasn't like a doubter. Bart, what do you think? Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's tricky because we've seen Herbert. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trash it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um like yeah, Herbert was gifted like a like a really pretty juicy roster, relatively speaking, on the Chargers. Whereas yeah, yeah. if Lawrence goes to the Jets, especially, it's like a first season, maybe even first few seasons will not be. But still, like Trevor Lawrence is like touted as just like a generational like once every few seasons prospect. Herbert was not really on that level, and still, I don't think he's like all that superb. Mm. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence eventually, when he hits his ceiling in the NFL, will be quite quite good. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's fair. Hard hard to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, speaking of the Jets, uh, <laughs> let me throw it to you, Aiden. I know you love talking about them. Cash or trash? Adam Gase will finish the season as the Jets have done. Yeah. I can't believe we're still having this conversation eight <laughs> weeks in. Um, but I'm really on the fence about this. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna trash it. Uh, maybe oh. that's me being hopeful and optimistic. <laughs> um, but like I've. I do think with the the bye week coming up, it's not it's uh, they have a game on Sunday, uh, but uh, the the week after is their bye. I think that is the open season for for getting rid of Adam Gase, and uh, it it would appear that the Jets GM gave him a an endorsement this week, but um, I think that's just kind of par for the course. Like we've we've so many times seen GMs or owners say things and turn around and stab them right in the back. It's just like you wouldn't say you're gonna fire the guy. Um, but with that said, the fact that he's made it this far really does make me think that they're just so obviously tanking. And it's just like, it's so obvious that it's hard to kind of believe, but there still are other contenders for that number one pick. I mean, the, the Giants are still one and seven, though they've, they've looked a hell of a lot better um, than the Jets. And I, the Texans and someone else and the Jaguars, I think, are, are also one win teams. So I guess it's still like in contention. Um, so maybe they'll just keep Adam Gase for the purposes of just really uh, making sure this team gets that number one pick because I, I think that is one way of guaranteeing it. Uh, but I, I, I am still holding out hope that next week he is gone. We'll see. Monday morning, we will see. What do you think, Bart? <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this a, a firm trash. I completely agree. I hope he's gone. But at this point, we're, I feel like they're in too deep. And not even like they're in too mm-hmm. deep. I feel like if, if they were going to do it, they would have done it already a few weeks ago. I think I'm completely on the boat that like they want him to be around so that they can try to lose more. That's really what it seems like to me. So 
I don't so, see them so playing tag with him until. Uh, you're cashing that he'll finish the season. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, go ahead and edit that audio. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he'll be there at the end of the season, and then they'll come. Uh, anyways, last but not least, let me throw it to you, Lucas. Uh, do you think a team will finish above 500 this season in the NFC East? Cash or trash? Uh, cold hard trash on this one. <laughs> you basically have only two teams that could do it at this point: either the Eagles or. Washington football team and neither <laughs> will. The Eagles are almost at 500. They're three, four, and one, but their out of division schedule is brutal. After they play the Giants, after their bye, they play the Browns, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, and Cardinals, and <laughs> they're gonna win one of those games if they're lucky, which would put them at what like five wins with two games left in the season. So impossible oh, there. Um, Washington football team might have a better shot. Um, their out of division games are only against the Bengals. They have out of division games against the Bengals and Lions, which they could probably squeak out wins in. Maybe, like honestly, probably not. Yeah. But then they have to also play the Steelers, Seahawks, and Forty ers and within their division. So, like, I don't think there's any way. Like the Cowboys certainly aren't, and the Giants certainly aren't, and I don't think the Eagles oh. or Washington have a shot. Nah. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, yeah, well, we almost beat the Bucks, so I think that we yeah, have, that, moral, well, we have we're, we're over 500 in moral victories, I would say, this year, <laughs> which is good. Uh, what I'm going to start with saying is, first and foremost, we should be putting together a lawsuit against the NFL for making us watch three NFC East teams in primetime spots. Uh, I'm, I'm upset that I had to watch the Cowboys and the Eagles on Sunday night and then to follow yeah. up with the Giants. Regardless of how good the Giants looked, you know, there's no reason for that. They have to do better about that. There's, I don't, I don't get they pivot, do something else. Um, so I'm obviously gonna, I'm gonna trash this. And even after watching Monday night, Giants look like the best team in that division. They were playing really well, and they only have one win so far. Um, the division has always been bad, and every team has had really poor quarterback play so far. So it's just, it's honestly, it's just a recipe for disaster for. Literally, any, and they're just gonna beat each other up. Like they're they're gonna, yeah. everyone's gonna get a win against somebody else, and then you know nobody's at that point. Nobody's gonna be above five hundred anymore. So, cold hard trash. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe the Jets will make a run at Ben DiNucci. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, listeners, this is our fiftieth episode. In case you didn't know, uh, I, I believe Lucas mentioned at the start. I kind of. My memory does not go back that far, though. So I did not remember. mention it. I realized that like two minutes in. It's all right. It's our 50th episode. So we're going to review some bookets to celebrate. Um, starting, as always, with Lucas. Well, all right. So I'll go with your good ones and your bad ones. Good ones. Do we always start with me, too? Yeah, I think so. I, that's how it is in the bucket uh, doc. So. Okay. All right. So you, your first one. Patrick Beverly will not contain LeBron in the next game. Uh, I'm just assuming. I need to check that. I'm just assuming that's correct. Uh, so I'm going to give you that one. Uh, when is that from? That is from episode 16, and we're on 50. So that was from that pre 34 weeks I think. ago. I think that was from pre COVID. Uh, wow, 34 weeks of COVID. That's crazy. Um, next one, Philippe Coutinho. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Will not return to Liverpool this offseason. Is that correct? He did not return? He did not return to Liverpool this offseason. Boom, you got that. And another Liverpool one. Liverpool will not break the Premier League points record. You got that back in episode 34. They were two points short, Ooh. according to... Is he getting on? Look at this guy. Mm-hmm. But you did have two wrong. Uh, 
Hey. First off, O.J. Howard will get more playing time than Gronk at Tampa Bay. Obviously wrong. You did that in episode 35. I know you're going to say, oh, O.J. Howard's out for the season, but you guys explicitly brought up that Gronk had concussions. I, and I said, no, this this is like injury or non-injury. You have to book it. And nobody objected. So I'm sorry. I'm giving you that one as an L. Uh, and then another one from our Formula One duos episode. Uh, you thought that Mercedes would win nine or ten of the first ten races, and they actually didn't. Red Bull took one, and then in that crazy, uh, yeah. what was it, Tuscan? No, Italian mm-hmm. GP. Uh, Pierre Gasly all of a sudden won for AlphaTauri. So the Red Bull family yeah. swatted that one down. Uh, so I Lucas, think you <laughs> also got that wrong one though. I so. did. We'll get to it. <laughs> Lucas three and two since the last episode. Much better than Wyatt, who was zero and two. You said OJ Howard would get more playing time than Gronk as well. You booked that. You also said you also said that the Steelers would beat the Titans two weeks ago by ten points, which did not happen. The Steelers did win, but not by ten points. So sorry, you're wrong. I remember that. There's no half truth. It's just wrong. Um, here's one. There's a couple that are looking good for you, but I can't confirm yet. You said the Cowboys will miss the playoffs. Ben DiNucci might lead him there. Confirm that. Yeah, ben DiNucci might lead him there. They might. They might. Oh, ga- he might galvanize a team. Uh, Houston Texans will miss the playoffs. I mean, they're not mathematically out, uh, so we'll see. No, but they're they're pretty much out. Uh, I'm, I'll give you that one when the time comes, though. Here's one that's in jeopardy of being wrong from you, though. That the rookie of the year will not be a quarterback this season. There's no way. It's gonna be either Burrow or Herbert. I don't see any way how it's not gonna be a quarterback. Yeah, I took, I, I'm going to defend myself. I took a shot in that one. It's always been a quarterback. It's always been a quarterback um, award. Same with MVP. But I thought the the three receivers that I thought would be contenders are all in just really bad systems right now. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, so why zero and two? Aiden, you you got two right. Good. That hey. Patrick Beverly will not contain LeBron. That was an easy one. <laughs> You also got that that Liverpool will not break the Premier League points record. So you got two right. You also got two wrong, though. You said that the Houston Astros would win the AL West way back in episode 16. This is pre-COVID, so, like, maybe I can cut you some slack, but you said they would win the AL West. They didn't finish above a five. Shame on me. I still still got to put that in red. What possessed you to support them? I know. (laughs) Because they were still a good team. They were still a good team, but they just... It doesn't matter. It was pre-COVID. Our brains worked differently. Exactly. (laughs) It was a completely different world back then. Um, It wasn't a coronavirus year. Things were different. Yeah, it was different. You also... You said that the Titans would beat the Steelers when they faced off, which obviously did not happen. So you were two and two. You have a bucket that's in jeopardy of being wrong right now. Cam no, Newton will have a better not. season than the Panthers starter. That's not looking good right now. Cam's so. going to have that comeback. Just wait for his like Instagram post that's barely decipherable about <laughs> how motivated he is, and then he's going to come back and, and set the AFC East on fire. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so Aiden, you're 2-2. Two two. Mm-hmm. Me, I was 1-2. I said that the Houston Astros would not win the ALS back in episode 16. Huh. Uh, I was wrong, though, that I said that Mercedes would win 9 or 10 of the first 10 races in Formula 1. Obviously, that didn't happen, as I explained. And my my pretty embarrassing one, I said Minshew would throw three touchdowns and no interceptions in the Week 2 Thursday night football game against the Dolphins. And I think, pretty sure it finished with an interception and no touchdowns. So that one was pretty bad. 1 and 2. Gardner, he has, like, some thumb damage, too. Uh, He might be out. Uh, He's probably not going to start another game for the Jaguars, I'll be honest. Yeah. Bart, uh, you're kind of boring. You're one to know 
All you said was that Philippe uh, Coutinho would not return to Liverpool this offseason, so you were correct. I, I only take gimmies, otherwise yeah. it's it's not worth embarrassing. <laughs> well, so. there oh, is – you. yeah, so you have one book it that's looking good. You said that Cam Newton would not have a better season than Teddy Bridgewater. Nice. The mm. button that's up for debate, Philip Rivers is washed up and the Colts will realize they haven't upgraded from Jacoby Brissett. That that's one, perfect. we'll see when it gets to the end of the season, but I, I would characterize that as one is wrong right now. That one's kind of hard to judge, I feel like. you know. I mean, yeah. the Colts, let, let me throw this out here. The Colts are 5-2. and two. The Colts are 5-2 and two right now. Phillip Rivers has a 10-6 to six touchdown interception ratio, which is not great. But last year, Jacoby Brissett only threw 18 touchdowns and six picks. His completion percentage was, is like nine points better right now, Phillip Rivers is, so... Yeah. Oh well, I, I I thought I stipulated that we'll judge it. Purely <laughs> yeah. Right? So, yeah. So well, Rivers is about to go off and throw like 30, 30 touchdowns in the last half of the season. Nah, I'm just kidding. I thought I thought I stipulated that it was yards per attempt on third down. He's the judge. Yeah. Anyway, that's gonna conclude our fiftieth episode. Please subscribe on YouTube if you're wa- if you're watching our videos, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. We appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at YouThoughtSport. Let us know what you think of the show and ways we can improve. And come back next week. Thank you.